Hey y'all, welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with that one store in town that's always closed down, and every fan of the Cleveland Brown. Let's get into it. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap No cap. No cap. Paul and on Tuesday. Wait, it's not Wednesday? God damn it. Oh, it is Wednesday. I'm wrong. That was really gonna screw over my whole week if I had to work another day. <laughs> if I had to work another goddamn day. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, every extra day after work is one day closer to suicide, and buddy, we know it's coming. <laughs> Who can relate? Woo! I think I was talking to Tin and uh, Marshall last night, uh, and Marshall's girlfriend, and Tin was like, oh yeah, Halloween's in October. I guess there's no big holidays in September. And Marshall and I are both immediately like, Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> Tin, you got the weekend off, you got labor unions to thank for that. Shout out the last Thursday of every month, Charlotte Metro DSA doing a socialist movie night. I helped put it on, so... Come out for that, y'all, if anybody's in Charlotte. It's a good time. Every personal friend I've invited to it has blown me off, so fuck y'all, I don't like you, and I'll never like you again. Uh, I thought you were going to either say blown away from it, like they really enjoyed it, or just blew you, because they liked it so much. They were like, I'm going to give Paul a blowjob. Both of those would be true, if they bothered to show up. Mm. For my socialist homies who I don't tell about this podcast, because you know I'm saying all types of offensive stuff on here, like um, Guatemalans. Why the fuck they smell like that? You know what I mean, Adrian? I'll tell you what. Like, always smelling like a pleasant lavender hand soap? What's up with that? Where do you buy that? Where can I get it? Is that a Bed Bath & Beyond you have to thing? Go, you gotta go to a Guatemalan market. Ah, oh, damn it. Wait, you go to Guatemalan markets? I don't know if this is a thing for, for, for your culture. If you want to get meat for really cheap, like, pretty reliably, go to a Mexican market. They're gonna have really cheap meat. Yeah, same with, like, Arab spots, but... Ooh, is this problematic to say? Wait, no, I am Arab. I'm allowed to say it. It always scares me. I feel like it's going to give me food poisoning. I think it always looks pretty good where I go. And then the the produce also is usually pretty good, too. Gotcha. And a lot more exotic. (laughs) Are you allowed to exoticize your own culture? Yeah. I thought that was the whole premise of our podcast, is we were doing it through the white gaze. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we haven't let the audience into it till now. That's why whenever I eat like a uh, like a uh, sriracha, I'm always like, "Ooh, spicy, mummy." <laughs> <laughs> that was the secret second concept to our podcast that they finally <laughs> unlocked. <laughs> Can I do a um, Adrian's pet peeves? Yeah, go for it. I was thinking about this today, and it, obviously, this comes as someone who watches a lot of food media, uh, professional and amateurish, and you know, people on YouTube. We need another way to describe spice. Other than saying there's a kick to it. Mm. That phrase is is just so overused. And it's like no matter what level of like food tasting the person is, that's always going to be there. And I like the chili because it gives it a little bit of a kick or whatever. And it's like find some other way to describe it. I don't know. That and we need to find more words to describe spicy but not like capsaicin hot. 
Like, how you, you know when, like, I guess flavorful is the biggest word, but flavorful yeah. could mean, like, lemony or zesty, you know? Yeah. But, like, how do you how do you describe, like, an Indian dish where somehow it has all these flavors, but they're perfectly balanced other than, like, like spicy? well-spiced or, I don't well really, spiced. yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, that's, yeah, I do that thing where I have to do the distinction a lot, where, like, spicy, but not, like, spicy and hot spicy. I thought you were making the point, and I think this is another good point. People need to be able to diversify the way that they talk about spice experiences from capsaicin. So being able oh, to like explain like a, like a hind and, uh, spice, yeah, or like a spice that's really upfront and then dissipates really quickly or something like that. Because all, all of it right now is just under this monolith of, and spice is not a monolith, of just, uh, <laughs> it's got a little kick to it from the chili. But POC's opinions are a monolith. Let's, let's oh, go ahead 100%. and just, yeah. Except for Charlemagne the God. Shout out to the donkey of the day for this episode, Charlemagne the God. <laughs> you're not invited to dsa uh, movie night <laughs> all right that was my pet peeve man i like that yeah mm-hmm. i don't have a media roundup but i do want to talk about last episode i have since then watched the first episode of mo on netflix the first episode i watched it and i went i'm not that impressed but i'm gonna keep with it because i like the arab mm-hmm. stuff and i like the hip-hop stuff and i Kind of just like his energy as an actor and comedian. As I watched more episodes, I have to say, I got really into it. And it got way more interesting. And I mm. think the first episode is not the best intro to the show. It really does get better in episode two and three. Okay. Mo on Netflix and growing up gay, it gets better. Um, I was going to ask, I know he plays a character in Rami and his name is Mo, but I can't remember what his actual character is. is he, he's the guy who like works at the diner or is he yeah. the guy who like... Exactly. Okay, that guy. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I don't have Netflix anymore, so I can't watch it, but it sounds like... Oh my god, is this going to become like your whole I don't need that Chick-fil-A thing where you always mention it whenever I mention Chick-fil-A? Every time I mention um, a Netflix thing now, you're oh, I don't have Netflix, whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to do that, so just be prepared from now on. <laughs> don't make me do a whole Scar song about be prepared. <laughs> I call being the gay hyenas if you do a Scar song. Were they All gay? I thought they were coded as black. <laughs> I think I saw uh, YouTube. I think I saw a... I saw YouTube. Did you suddenly turn into a grandpa for a second? I saw YouTube once. <laughs> I saw YouTube once, and it was this man who was talking for about two hours about media, and he was saying that there were coded... What? what back in my day, coded was what you used to get to level two in Mario, but he said they were gay-coded. Mm-hmm. In my day, gay-coded was what that... Joseph in the multicolored coat that Bible story that in my day that was gay coded <laughs> wait what <laughs> Joseph has the rainbow uh, coat I don't he's gay coded myth or story from oh the Bible. really it's what uh it's what Dolly Parton based one of her songs off of it's a pretty famous story mm. what can you give me a quick look at the, the emperor was he nude the whole time and the cloth wasn't actually invisible what's the like you're gonna make me butcher this story that is sacred to a religion that people take very seriously i think he's like what the religion? dad's favorite or the mom's favorite it's a christian story oh okay and so like he th- she makes him like a multicolored coat and he like gets killed by his brother because he gets jealous over it or something like that and then it turns out the mom's a doctor there's a twist at the end it's directed <laughs> by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> now you're making me feel like this isn't a real thing <laughs> Wait, are you getting this mixed up with working nine to five? What a way to make a living with Jolene. Jolene. (laughs) Um, The coat of many colors in the Hebrew Bible was the name of the garment that Joseph owned, which was given to him by his father, Jacob. And yeah. When are are we going to do an episode from Dollyland? Dollywood. Yeah, Dollywood. I was about to say that didn't sound right to me.
Uh, I don't know. As soon as they invite us. I think we could do that kind of like the people who give birth at Disney World. I think we could do that gorilla style. Mm, okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think we probably could. It wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> we should do a series of episodes from Disney World, Dolly Land. Dollywood. You, Dollywood. you got it right. <laughs> Man, I've been drinking and uh, in medieval times. Ooh, I would do one from every medieval times. That would be cool. We should I do a podcast from every, every Cracker Barrel. I don't think I have that sort of road trip in me. It is. It's it's from from sea to sea. Mm-hmm. Was that the inevitable conclusion of Manifest Destiny? A medieval times on both coasts. Yeah, I got medieval times on both coasts. MT balance. That one was for a very select few people in our audience. Um, okay, I do have a media roundup if I'm allowed to do that. I know it's been a quick turnaround, so I shouldn't have much to say, but uh, eventful couple days, I guess. Yeah, of course, my friend. Kenny Beats, new beat tape. It's pretty good. Check it out. It's got some features in like an unconventional way, and it's pretty fun. Uh, real easy listen. He did a visualizer for every song, so if you're really looking to vibe out, uh, it's good. Uh, and then yesterday I went for Cheap Movie Tuesdays to go watch Bodies, 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 the new A24 horror movie. It's more of a horror comedy. Yeah, no, it was good. It was a fun time. It was a fun romp for the whole family. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it, really, is, like, it was it was a real fun time. Very good, very good movie. Well, not very good, but good movie. How do you feel about jumping into the concept? Under new management. You've all seen the signs. You've all experienced this. Is the emotion I'm supposed to feel... This is my main thing with under new management, and as somebody who hasn't done any research... I always see that sign and go, am I supposed to have hated that place before? And now think, well, they screwed me over before, but I'll go there now. Because I don't think that would work, but I've never been to a place that I felt screwed over and then seen that sign. So maybe it would. That was a roller coaster that I went through for the uh, lavanderia that I go to, to the laundromat that I go to. Um, They had an under new management sign. Hey, Adrian, don't don't water this podcast down for Greg Goes. Hey, that's a slur. You can't say that. You'll get banned off Twitter. You don't have to translate. You're right. Look it up. Google it. Google's free, y'all. I don't know if you know that. They got they went under new management. They got a new name. And I had that same moment of like, wait, I liked the previous place. Like, I thought they were doing perfectly fine. <laughs> Whatever the management was doing was working perfectly fine. So I was had let that, that roller coaster of like, what are they going to change? And then I went in and it's exactly the same. They just changed the side. So I was like, oh, okay. So we made sure to change managers so that we could change nothing about this place. Do you think that you managers just wanted their work acknowledged? Probably. It might have been like 100% just a finance thing for some reason where, I don't know, I guess that doesn't make sense because if it's a finance issue, you would assume that you have to do something in the business differently to sustain it. But I, I don't know. Who knows what's happening behind the scenes in uh, local laundromat operations? I had that once with when I moved out of an apartment complex. They tried to charge me for an extra month because they said I only gave them a month's notice that I wasn't mm-hmm. going to re-sign my lease. They needed two months notice as per the mm-hmm. lease. So then I sent them this big long email with like pictures of like all the things that had gone wrong in the apartment, like it flooded and destroyed a bunch of my shit. Uh, there'd been like a bug infestation and I like wrote- this- And that's why you needed extra time to think whether or not you wanted to renew your lease? <laughs> no, I was like, are you kidding me? Like after everything that you guys mm-hmm. put me through, you're gonna take try to take an extra month of- uh, Mm-hmm. an extra month of rent from me and the person just emailed me back they're like okay we won't take the extra month of rent just so you know we're we're new management uh we know the old guys sucked and we're sorry about that 
And I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Make sure you don't leave that Yelp review for the new management. If, if it wasn't actually under new management, they were probably lying because they were like, this guy sounds peeved. We don't want a bad internet review. I don't know. This guy sounds like a rude dude with a toot. Who knows what he'll do? Um, Under new management. What else have I seen like that before? A lot of times it's inconsequential stuff. It's like gas stations or something. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I'll see it for like hair and nail places, like places aimed at mm. women. I don't know if a lot of women go to get their nails done and have a problem with the management. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, okay, I'll go there if they're under new management. I'll try it again. Oh, the reason I brought this in is because our, our uh, we, we finalized the deal to have our soccer team bought by Redbird Investing, an American company, which we were owned by Americans before anyways, Elliott Investing. Uh, but apparently they're the ones who own Liverpool. They own, like, the Yankees. Apparently LeBron James is, like, a silent investor, so he technically is investing in our club now. <laughs> Wait, how, how do you know too. if he's a silent investor? He's not a... Because for being a silent investor, he's pretty vocal about it. <laughs> wait, oh wait. Silent investor means they don't have a say in the management yeah. of the company. Other people can yeah. know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not what a silent... <laughs> Secret investor. <laughs> that um, makes it sound so much more fun. Like, find out who the silent investor is <laughs> and then they show you the silhouette of the Pokemon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's that silent investor? <laughs> this is your uh, pitch to NBC that once Masked Singer dies out, it's like, let's do silent investor. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I don't have strong opinions about it. I don't follow the financial business side of the club too much. I just know that it's happened. Uh, mostly my worry is that we're not bought out by like completely horrible people, but I think at that scale, you know, they're all probably pretty immoral people to be owned by. So who knows? Um, but yeah, so that was the inspiration for the theme, but I think, uh, more in our day to day life, new management. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of like local business stuff that I hear about more in Sacramento, but also in Columbia too, where. You find out that these guys who own this place just bought out this, like, restaurant or this place that, like, uh, didn't make it or whatever. But nothing too exciting that I can think of off the top of my head. Hey, buddy, we're doing we're doing, we're doing, doing the pod right now, buddy. I can't talk. Oh, no worries. All right, yeah. Oh, Paul wants to say hi. Oh, he's too busy doing the pod. <laughs> he Phil, says hi. Phil, say something funny like last time. Tell us some of your bits that you're coming so, up with. He, he wants you to do a bit on air like you did last time. I think you did your, uh, I want to be the first president to never exhale. Oh, okay, so you want me to, like, pitch a joke? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Um, hey, would y'all have time for me to, like, pitch a joke to y'all real quick? Yeah, sure, of course. Love when you call in. Uh, cool, cool. Um, Paul, can you hear me? I can hear Paul. You can't hear Paul, but he, Paul can hear you. I just want to know, like, because he's probably going to be laughing really hard, and I kind of want that validation. So if I, if I can hear him, can you, like, turn your volume up, or his volume up? I mean, it's not a volume issue. It's like he's in my, he's in my ear, in my ear headphone. <laughs> Okay, well, can you put two and two together and maybe put the earphones next to the phone, or... <laughs> yeah, Adrian, you fucking piece of shit, dumbass. Where's the hang-up oh, button on this thing? You, say something, Paul. You little dick loser. Okay, let me, let me get my quick five in, okay, okay. Uh, how's everybody doing tonight, by the way? He's um, heckling you right now. He's heckling me? What'd yeah. he say? Yeah. I love you, man. Can you be the mediator no between no me and the heckler the just part? let me know what he's saying? I've never heard a, a good joke from a tiny dick comedian over here. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Okay, um, I mean, yeah, I can't expect Adrian to have that many good jokes, you know what I mean? Did he hear it? Okay, he did, okay, cool, cool. Um, let's get into the written material now, we got some off stuff, we got, we, I like this crowd, you know, y'all kind of feeling loose, I like it. Are you gonna do um, that thing where comedians are like, this is a real hot-ass crowd, bro? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is an ugly crowd, I can even see y'all, but I can tell y'all some ugly duck voices, alright? That's so true about uh, you. I love it, I love it, though, okay, okay, um, 
you know, you know when people like post on Facebook when somebody dies and they're like, so and so got their wings today. That's true. They do What's say the that. What's equivalent to that when a Satanist friend dies? You know, they like always got a little horns and pitchfork today. Oh damn, I mean, that's on, good. Like, that's good. I didn't see that coming. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, like, come on, it, dude. Come on, bro. What is it? <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> Tell me now. <laughs> Wait, I didn't get that one. What do you do when that happens? Because wings is a a type of food that you can have. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Wait, 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 wait. Ask Phil if he's heard about Rick Ross um, abusing his employees at wing stops that he owns. He really do you got, yeah, he doesn't pay them well, and he won't like, and he makes them. I, I know, but I, I'm trying to. I'm, I can't listen to both of you guys at the same Man, time. Tell Phil about how Rick Ross abuses his employees. Paul is for some reason trying to get your opinion on Rick Ross abusing his employees at Wingstop, <laughs> and then you were saying whatever you were saying. <laughs> oh my god! Do you think his uh, response to those uh, allegations is a? Uh, Joke. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do that on stage. You cool with that? Yeah, that's mine now. <laughs> that's yours now. <laughs> that's my joke. Uh, that's good. Y'all wanna get into the third segment? <laughs> all right, all right. We're we're gonna. I'm gonna pull you all off right, stage now. right now. Big fan. Okay, let's get out of you. All right, all right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Anyways, what were you talking about? <laughs> Philip just FaceTimed. <laughs> Stop trying to be on the show. <laughs> He's calling me now. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, you're live on the air. What's going on? Oh, oh hey, are you all recording now? We are recording right now. Ah, shit. All right. Well, you guys say I'm trying to, like, workshop a joke real quick. Do you have a moment? Oh, shit, man. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, I, like, I came home after, like, a long Monday, and I told my wife that I'm tired of being the breadwinner of this family. I'm the only one out there entering raffles at the bakery. I could be using that time applying for a job. And then she's all like, stop showing up to my place of work. We don't do raffles. Wait, in this joke, she's not actually your wife. She's just the lady who works at the bakery. Can you explain that? No, no. She she is my wife. (laughs) I'm not really married, but she's my wife for like... I'm saying that, like... Does Mandy know you're married? Wait, I'm confused. The no, woman she, was a doctor? Keep it on the low. She, nothing, babe. No, nothing. It was... <laughs> so, guys, speak your phone real quick. Hold up. I was just messing around with you in a bit. Um, okay, well, no, no, no. So, like, I'm saying I'm winning actual bread, but I'm coming here with an aggressive, you know, this whole zeitgeist of, like, I'm winning all... The, I'm getting all the money in the household. And then I'm like, I could be go getting a job, but I'm winning wait, all this Wait, wait, I'm so confused because last time I heard you were working on this, like, farm, and you were, like, it was a pork farm, and you were bringing home the bacon. And now you're talking about bread? I'm so confused, man. Oh, man, did I already do that version on you? I thought, damn it. See, that's how I do new jokes every time I go on stage. I just do a different version of this joke. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, uh, you kind of saw through my bullshit, I guess, then, you know? Um... Uh, I'm just so confused. Is Mandy single? Does she need a new friend? Can I? What's her uh, number? 
She's got singles, as in like ones, because I'm bringing home all those dead presidents. As in, I'm killing presidents and I'm bringing them home because I don't know where to put the bodies. That's a new joke. I'm going to do an hour on just these type jokes. But anyway, y'all want to go to the third segment real quick? <laughs> Wait, do y'all have a guest on right now? Because if so, I will call their phone and just <laughs> Nah, it's just me and Adrian. <laughs> We have we're, we're still discussing the theme, man. The theme today is miniature versions of things. No, that was last week, Adrian. <laughs> under last, new management, <laughs> under new management of the theme. Under new management. Okay, that's cool. I can't wait to hear that episode. Um, you have any examples? Or... Yeah, go ahead. Jump into your article, Phil. All right, um, dear Prudence, I'm working for this new podcast called Big Facts No Cap. <laughs> And let me tell you one thing. There is sexual harassment in the workplace. <laughs> I used to work at Zaxby's, and you know, I I did experience some sexual harassment. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't want to I don't want to interrupt y'all too much. Um, I'll just call Adrian's house phone next. Okay, later, y'all. All right, you want to hop into articles? There was one last thing I wanted to say about underneath management. Um, products that come out with a new label design and they're really insecure about it. So they have to do the new look, same great taste uh, sticker on their thing. <laughs> How do you feel about that? To me, that reeks of like insecurity. Yeah, I agree. That being said, after I got plastic surgery on my dick, I did put <laughs> one of those stickers on. <laughs> Adrian, we're not this type of podcast. Come on, man. All right. Um, we both kind of have off topic articles, so I'll go first. All right, that works for me. I mean, yours is literally from a management manager. I know. I tried to do like a double theme, but I don't know if it really makes sense. Okay, under new management. Okay, so Allison Green, ask a manager. We've had her on before. She's probably, I, I haven't crunched the numbers or like actually looked at any analytics, but to me, ask a manager seems like the biggest independent advice column. Like mm. that's just its own blog and not connected. She's the to chance the rapper of uh, blogs. Exactly. Like, she seems like yeah. she's not connected to any larger publication, but mm-hmm. of all of the ones who aren't connected to larger publications, seems like the biggest. And I'll say this, she did it all without having the second L that should be in her first name. Yeah, there's some joke in there about that not being an L. Oh, Paul. Playing 5D chess today. God damn, I didn't realize I was doing this pod with Magnum, Magnus Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> he, he famously plays regular 2D chess. You don't think he dabbled in 5D? I guess 3D chess is regular chess. I don't know. I mean, you're playing it on a two-dimensional plane, but I guess the pieces come out. But I don't feel like that third dimension is really important to the game. Well, you can five play it dimension on a is just regular just as easily. Chess 5D is just regular chess, but you play it while riding motorcycles. Wait, does time count as one of the dimensions in chess? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. So That's regular why chess that clock. is 3D chess. What if what if you like you had a nice scent in the room while you were playing chess? That would be an extra dimension. It's an extra sense. I don't know if that's what a dimension is. Well, famously, that's what they consider a dimension when they're doing like four D five D. Oh, four D theater, like the the chair shakes while you're yeah. doing your, <laughs> and they'd still do the like is if you drop it rule or whatever. That's where you put your thing. <laughs> Magnus, hit us like up cold... if you want to develop this game. There's further. cold air just blasting in your face while you're trying to figure out what to do with your pawn. <laughs> Finding Nemo's tail is flapping and you feel water hit your face. <laughs> you get slimed <laughs> during your checkmate. 
Okay, the question to Allison Green or ask a manager. An employee, Sally, started at her workplace about a year and a half ago. She's not my subordinate, but she is a subordinate to a peer of mine and works frequently with my subordinates. That was too many times to use the word subordinate in one sentence. I'm going to stop right here. Let's go ahead and critique that. Yeah, that was hyperordinate. A few months later, she got a new boyfriend, Peter. I found out about this through normal water cooler type conversation. After she'd been with the company for a few more months, at Christmas time of 2015, she invited her boyfriend to our holiday party. This is a totally normal in our workplace. People are welcome to bring family or friends they like to the party as long as they are SVP. Everything there seemed fine as well. Although at one point, Peter asked Sally to get him a drink, to which she replied, Yes, master, in a very I dream of genie kind of way. I was thinking that with the name Sally and Peter, they really do sound like they're straight out of the 50s, so this sounds about right. We all laughed it off as a joke, and it didn't come up again. Until it did. We had an early summer party in late May at which Sally and Peter both attended. Again, bringing SOs and friends was totally acceptable, so that was not in itself a problem. At this party, there was a good deal more of Peter ordering Sally around and Sally calling him master. He sent her to fetch drinks and hot dogs. He told her to find a place for them to sit, etc. To which she replied consistently with, yes, master. It made a number of people, myself included, clearly uncomfortable. But there was nothing objectively abusive about it. He never yelled at her or threatened her. And her immediate supervisor and her supervisor's supervisor weren't there. And so no one said anything. Perhaps it was supervisor, supervisor, supervisor. After this party at the office, I overheard a conversation in which one of her coworker friends was like, uh, what's up with the master thing? And she explained that she was in a- Wait, is that Bugs Bunny? They were like, uh, <laughs> what's up with the master thing? <laughs> uh, what's up with that master uh, thing? <laughs> He's eating a carrot. <laughs> and she explained that she was in a 24-7 dominant submissive in a 24-7 dominant-submissive relationship. And he wasn't her boyfriend or her so or her partner. He was her master and needed to be referred to as such. Her coworker was clearly flummoxed and didn't have much response to that. Later, I heard her correct someone who referred to her boyfriend as her boyfriend partner, saying that he wasn't her partner, he was her master, and should be referred to using his appropriate title. She compared it to gay rights, saying that if she was a man, they wouldn't erase her relationship by referring to Peter as Patricia, and so they shouldn't erase the DS relationship by calling him a partner instead of a master. Ugh. It's pretty clear that her coworkers aren't comfortable asking her, will your master be at the end of summer barbecue, or did you and your master do anything fun this weekend, though, and thus have just stopped referring to Peter at all. Her direct boss, my colleague, is baffled as to how to sensitively address this issue. My instinct is that there's a very big difference between insisting that colleagues acknowledge that they are in a gay relationship and insisting that they refer to your partner as your master, and that it borders on involving other non-consenting parties into your relationship. But I can't really articulate why. For what it's worth, I'm a bisexual woman, and our office has a number of gay, lesbian, trans, and poly individuals. So it's not an issue of being against non-traditional relationships. It just seems to be that it seems very important to Sally that Peter be referred to as her master. And it seems equally clear that her coworkers find this intensely uncomfortable. Help. How can I advise my colleague? What's reasonable in this situation? This is giving uh, really big kink at pride vibes. Yeah, but worse. Because kink at pride is presumably between people who want to be at pride and a larger community that you would consider friends in some context. This is like mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Like, kink at Pride, I'm totally fine with. This is kink at somebody else's workplace. Because it's your workplace, mm. but it's also somebody else's workplace. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely... I'm a, I, I'm going to stay on pod. I'm cool with kink at Pride. This makes me very oh, I am uncomfortable. Too, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think the same arguments kind of apply here. And the question writer kind of gets at it in a, in a pretty uh, good way, despite saying that they're not art- articulate about it. Um, yeah, you're eventually, you're essentially uh, involving people who are not able to give consent into your dom-sub relationship that is probably and should be based on consent. And so bringing other people into that without getting their consent is uh, kind of not cool. I don't know. I, for some reason, there's something about the workplace, too, that makes it like uh different as well so i think i'm gonna say something that i don't know you might disagree with it might be the most one of the more controversial things i've said on pod or it might be one of the are you gonna say pineapple belongs on pizza (laughs) man you know me too well it'll be taken how it's taken i don't think that kink shaming is always wrong i think there can be You, you cut this out last time you did this so you gotta figure out what you want to say I think that sometimes kinks can be like if you're if you're into racial kinks and your kink is like to say the n word or something. I think that's a wrong kink. I think if you're fetishizing mm-hmm. a certain race, that's a wrong kink. I think if you're into dom subbed stuff that leaks into real life, where you're making your girlfriend call you master outside of the bedroom and it's leaking into real life, I think that's kind of a misogynistic kink. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't think that that's, like, a cool or natural, like... I think the reason at Pride it doesn't bother me is because it feels like those people are in a space. Like, maybe they're not in their bedroom, but they're at a space where, like, sexuality is welcome to be expressed. Yeah, I mean, I think we can drop that comparison. That's just what at first, like, gave me the ringing of. But I don't think we need to reconcile those two discourses at the same time. I think the pride, like, you know, that's that gets into, like, corporate sponsors and, like, pride started as a riot. Why does it need to be kid-friendly? All of those arguments. This is just at work. I don't think it's... Yeah, cool I, do I don't think yet. her kink is valid just because it's a kink to force well, into what everyday other life. kink could you bring into your work and then have a very staunch opinion that your coworkers need to validate and participate in your kink? Yeah, I don't think that's all right. And the comparison yeah. to gay rights or trans rights or poly rights. Oh, or- yeah, that was a real like eye roll for me. I think it's uh weird that this almost seems like a pronoun thing, right? Like, again, I don't want to make that comparison in the same way that she made it. But like, couldn't they just call him Peter? Like, is there not, like, couldn't you just say, what did you and Peter get it onto this weekend or something? I think, just take out the- I think that's what gets to the heart of it, because you're bringing the second because with other situations, you could call him that. But it's almost like she specifically wants you to take part in her weird fantasy of, like, mm. her degradation as being a slave. So you're saying she wouldn't even, like, accept that. She wouldn't even accept that solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Anyway, shout out to all my kinky homies. I love you. Um, don't bring strangers into it. That's not consensual. Yeah. Do you remember that, uh, I think it was hot for a second, but it was that, uh, couple that were pretty big on TikTok, uh, a guy and a girl, um, relationship where the girl acted like a dog? I don't remember it from TikTok. I remember it from the broader culture. I think we talked about it on pod. Oh, I think we did. Yeah, that was a while ago. All right. Well, yeah, and you already know how we feel about this. Go listen to that episode from 70 episodes ago. We're into everybody being dogs because you know me and Adrian are damn dirty dogs. And some damn dirty dogs, triple D's, and we ain't talking diners, <laughs> diamonds, and dives. <laughs>
Uh, Paul, have you ever had anything like this where you uh, call your partner a specific thing? Other than cunt? Paul, come on now. Have you ever forced it on other people? I think usually, like, no. it's... The closest thing, maybe, is when people have pet names for each other, but they specifically don't try and bring you into that. Yeah. I think I made a joke yesterday about Marshall calling his girlfriend Schmoopy, and he she was like, he does do that to annoy me, and I was like, oh, nice, he's been doing the Seinfeld reference. <laughs> um, and I think the other one is, uh, oh, I don't know, there's a lot of, like, yeah, kind of uh, pet names between people, but that's a whole other category. People don't bring you into that. In fact, people would probably, there's probably articles about people being angry about, like, someone calling your friend by a nickname that you have for them that they don't have the right to use or whatever. It's particularly exclusionary. She was bringing him drinks and hot dogs all day at the barbecue, man. Introduce me to this guy. He needs to teach me a trick or two. All right. All right. This guy's called Andrew Tate. and He has the coolest girlfriend around. Okay. So how would you handle this if you were in HR? Without going into your spiel about how HR is supposed to protect the company and not the people or whatever. I would simply unhinge my jaw because I'm a mm. giant boa constrictor. Mm-hmm. and eat all the people involved. Was that another trans allegory where you're trying to do like a I identify as a boa constrictor? No. In an attack helicopter? Look, Adrian, even if I was a turf <laughs> or transphobic, can we admit I would definitely have better jokes than those fucking losers with their I'm all an right, attack right. helicopter bullshit? Look, call me transphobic all you want. I'm not. But if you wanted <laughs> but, to accuse me of that, that's fine. But sure. don't accuse okay. me of... I don't, I like I don't even I like, like that in you... your imagination that you think I'd be corny enough to make it up. I'm an attack helicopter joke. You have the uh, opposite attitude of like racist people that are like, calling someone racist, worst thing you can do. <laughs> You're like, call me transphobic. I'm not. <laughs> but look, I could get in your imagination how you'd get there. But don't pretend I would ever say a joke that make bad. Make a joke that bad. Yeah, that's true. Um, How would I advise my colleague what's reasonable in this situation? It's nice that she works at a workplace with so many trans, gay, and poly people. My workplace does not have. I mean, that many let's be real. There's people. like probably like one trans, gay, and poly person, and she's like having them fill all of those roles. As HR, I would I would tell her that when you're at work, your manager is your master. Ooh, that's true. I was going to say, I know how I would handle this from an individual standpoint. I don't know how I'd handle this from an HR standpoint. I would literally just avoid this person at work. And that's probably oh, yeah, not a hard thing like to do. Oh, yeah, they seem like an odd person. Like, I, I don't want to, like, have an argument with them or discuss this with them. I would just kind of, like, yeah, shy away. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, should we go to the answer? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Ask a manager the answer to this question. Whoa, yeah, your coworkers definitely don't need to refer to Peter as Sally's master, and she's wildly out of line to request or expect it. What Sally's asking for is indeed akin to involving non-consenting parties in their sex life and in their relationship. Even if she wanted to argue that the term isn't a sexual one, which is a bit of a stretch, she's still insisting that people participate in a dynamic of her relationship with Peter that people haven't signed up to be a part of. That may be more intuitive if you consider that there isn't actually any need here for a label more specific than partner or, you know, even just Peter. Same point you made. That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. Partner is a conveniently generic term that covers a whole spectrum of possibilities. Boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, long-term companion, asexual mate, and so forth. There's no need to use a term that describes the dynamic between them so specifically. After all, imagine if you had a coworker who insisted that people identify her partner as her lover. It's too much information. It's not needed, and it's understandably going to make people uncomfortable. 
The lover comparison works particularly nicely, since anyone insisting on it could come across as just as self-involved as Sally is being here. And to be clear, Sally's behavior is self-involved. Making a point of describing the inner workings of your relationships to colleagues and insisting that they use very specific sexually charged language to describe it when a more generic term would be very much the province of people who are indulging their own urges at the expense of consideration for others. That sentence was a goddamn mouthful. Am I just yeah. tipsy or? Okay, no, it no, was. No, was a lot. I thought you just did the whole fast verse from Rap God. Which, famously, you know the first two lines too? Yeah. There's coming at you at supersonic speed. When I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. That's why refusing to refer to Peter as Sally's master isn't at all equivalent to refusing to acknowledge gay couples or calling someone who identifies as a man by a woman's name. You're not refusing to recognize the relationship's validity. In fact, by referring to Peter as your coworker's partner, you're inherently recognizing the relationship's validity. No one is being erased. But Sally is asking for more than that. She's asking you to get involved in and play along with a specific dynamic of their relationship. It's entirely reasonable to decline to do that. Whatever she and Peter agree to do together is all well and good, but you and your coworkers don't need to participate in it. And the fact that this is happening at work, as opposed to just in a social situation, gives us a whole additional flavor of weirdness and discomfort. It would be odd enough if Sally were just doing this socially, but it's infinitely weirder and more disturbing that she's making it a thing at work. I don't know how you say that in a way that emphasizes the fact that a thing uh, is capitalized. <laughs> where people normally have stronger boundaries than this. Where she has something of a captive audience and where people feel pressure not to cause tension in their relationships with her. That is true. We didn't get into that. And that's a great point from Alison Green. There is mm. The work thing definitely makes it a little bit more mm-hmm. odd because... Nobody picks their coworkers, and you don't really have an escape if you feel uncomfortable. I mean, I think I know what my answer would be if this was also in her friend group, but I get the point for sure. Especially from an HR standpoint. So, should her boss, your friend, say something to her about it? Probably. Especially if it's making people uncomfortable, as of course it is. If Sally pushes back with gay rights comparisons again... Her manager can point out that everyone is happy to acknowledge her relationship with Peter, but that they're going to use the term partner as they would do for anyone else. Gay, straight, poly, or any other relationship category. How are you going to bring in a letter that has an update and not skim and tell us what the update was? Oh, okay. Let me do that. Okay, so the update you've asked for. Let me skim it. Skim and skim and skim in. Sally doubled down at this point, insisting that lover or binky boo or snuffleupagus or fuckboy or whatever should be used if they were <laughs> snuffleupagus should be used if they were accurate. Really, you're saying it like it was a Greek name? <laughs> <laughs> snuffleupagus because they accurate. Wait, who called her out after my coworker decided? What... Okay, her coworker called her out with using some of the arguments. From Allison Green's Ask a Manager article. Mm-hmm. And Sally doubles down and says that, insisting that lover or binky boo or snuffleupagus or fuckboy or whatever should be used if they were accurate, because they accurately represent the relationship, and to insist on softening the nature of the relationship for the easily shocked with a slippery slope to oppression. I like that she's calling them snowflakes. 
after my coworker doubled down on telling her that calling her boyfriend master was inappropriate, Sally threatened to go over her head. But from what I hear, the big boss just shut her down with a your manager's word stands on this issue, and I see no reason to talk to you about it. Not too long after, Sally quit. I don't know where she is, but I've heard through the grapevine that she's freelancing. Mm. That's the update. Holy shit, this woman is definitely out there talking about like her bigoted former company. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, man, I don't know. It's just like, you can't create a dynamic where every old version of like the patriarchy exists and you're some weird subservient housewife who does whatever he wants and then claim to be a put-upon minority sexually. Sorry, like this lady is out of line. Hmm. I know you're not allowed to use, like, certain words, like, you're not allowed to, like, just throw around things like crazy or insane anymore because they have, like, more precise definitions, but I would say that this person is a little bit... Ooh, nobody's ever problematically flapped their lips before, so we can do that. Alright, you want to do my article? I do want to do your article. This is Slate Karen Feeding, and here we go. My stepsons won't stop trolling me. Wait, I've seen this on Pornhub. No, 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 Paul, don't be disgusting. So this is a column, um, and this is the idea that under new management could mean that if you're a child of divorce, if you're a cod, I mean, is it not kind of like getting a new manager? You know what I mean? Getting a new manager at your job? We have so many friends with divorced parents, we could have asked any of them about this. Yeah, it was way more, uh, it was way harder to find someone whose parents were together than it was to uh, (laughs) find a kid with divorced parents. Lexington High School was cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Dear Karen Feeding, In 2014, when I moved in with my boyfriend, now husband, he had 50-50 custody of his two teenage sons. After a very long, contentious divorce, for which his ex-wife very publicly blamed me, even though their marriage had been over years before I entered the picture. His ex-wife had moved out, taking practically everything in the kitchen with her. I moved in shortly after, placing my heirloom teapot collection in a glass display kitchen cupboard. Then I started to notice the teapots were being subtly moved, so I just moved them back to their original positions. Then they would be moved again. I asked my husband, and I asked the boys if they were moving them, and everyone said no. But this kept going on. I tend to be a little OCD, and it was obvious that this was starting to really bug me. Soon I started to notice other things I had placed or displayed around the house also being moved. For instance, while I was out of town recently, the boys, now 18 and 20, visited the house. When I returned... Two mugs I bought on vacation and put in the display cabinet were completely turned backward. I once again asked the kids if they were doing this, and they both denied it. Adrian, when does she get stuck in the laundry machine? As soon as I read 18 and 20, I was like, God damn it, Paul's going to bring that joke back. (laughs) It may sound like I'm being silly, but I am sick and tired of having my things moved. And what bothers me most is why someone would continue to do something that bothers me so much. I don't mess with their things, and I'd like to have my things not messed with. Teapot, home, scandal. Um, this person is clearly starting to develop the first signs of schizophrenia. Thinking that your teapot's moved? Yeah, this seems very much like it could be an internal, like, mental illness. I guess if- And it just happened to coincide with when she moved in with her husband, boyfriend, now husband? Maybe, I don't- What sort of, like, devilish children are these that their prank is to move a teapot a couple inches in a cupboard? Um, to me, this reminds me of that, what is that joke from, uh, that 70s show where one of the pranks they pull is that they move everything in the garage to, or in the basement two inches to the left? It seems like one of those subtle psychological tricks. 
that I could see really affecting somebody. But also, it seems like one of those things where there's a flip side to it, where if you know something that small can bother somebody, there's a certain type of personality that's like, that's kind of funny. Like, I kind of like that me subtly moving her teapot affects her this much. I didn't get a sense for how far they were moving. Were they going like feet? Or were they slightly no, 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 askew? No, no, no. We're in a cabinet. We're talking in a glass cabinet. Yeah, so that feels like that's area. on her to care. Like, I don't know. Well, hey, you're what, you're blaming her for a mental no, illness? I mean, you're right. I guess if she's OCD and they know that and they're doing it, but it's just like, it's very hard for me to parse. I will say this. I don't think anyone who's been diagnosed with OCD says, I tend to be a little OCD. That's, that's true. one of those like, that's one of those like, you know what a picture frame is a little bit tilted and you go crazy. You know, I haven't seen a doctor yet, but I think I'm a little OCD. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Um, Probably not a diagnosed mental illness. I, d- I, d- I think you're right. I don't want to dismiss her being a very particular person and the like potential that there's very weird, cruel pranksters very weird cruel pranksters about but if, if i was gonna prank someone if i was gonna prank my new stepmom this seems like way too subtle like i wouldn't imagine that these kids would this would be their first move which is why i'm like would they do this is this all in her head would this be their move if they were upset with her why are an 18 and 20 year old upset about their parents getting divorced you're in college well, no, 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 no 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 this is that's part two so they you know, she moved in with her boyfriend and they're now married. Like, there's a span of time here where okay. they were teenagers when this happened. And then they came back and did it as adults because they thought it was so funny. Either that or it's the husband, which is kind of a weirder thought that comes into that like, he's like a sinister territory. Her, like an actor. Yeah, yeah. Abuser. Um, if it's the kids. I'm a, <laughs> I'm an abuser. I'm a loser. I'm a teapot mover. If it's your kids. If they're doing this, it's definitely for the entertainment of their friends at this point. This is definitely like a thing they put on TikTok and they're like, my crazy stepmom screams at me if the teapots are two inches to the left. Wait, can you say it as the female robot voice? My crazy, wait, no. My crazy mom scream. No, I can't do it. My, 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 no. Oh, wait, hold on. It's actually really easy to get the dates on here. So they said, she said that she moved in 2014. This is from 2018, so they were 16 and 14 when this happened. Maybe that seems like the right age. If it's still happening, it's because you've reacted to it very oddly and it's brought them entertainment. Well, that's what I was saying, is that it's when people have abnormally hyperbolic reactions to things, people will take advantage of that sometimes. Yeah. And that leads me to think that maybe they're in the wrong on this one. But maybe it's not them. Maybe it is. Maybe they have a ghost in here. Also, this woman does seem to have a bit of a victim complex. For the fact that her husband kept the house, she did sound like she was weirdly angry at the ex-wife. And that was where extra details she added for no reason. Like, can you believe she blames me? We didn't get together for years afterwards. And then she took everything from the kitchen. Anyway, here's a story that has nothing to do with that. I just wanted you to know I am a victim of the ex-wife. No, no, the kitchen was empty. That's why she had room for her teapots there. Still doesn't seem like important details. You could just be like, I put my teapots in the kitchen with my new husband and I have stepkids. I don't really know why the ex-wife had to be mentioned at all. I think this is where your lack of creativity as a writer comes in. I feel like that's <laughs> a very bland way to write the beginning of this. I will say I'm a little bit sympathetic to her simply because, as I've stated on record, you love as teapots. a man who wants to have a teapot collection, if my stepkids were moving around my teapots from the very deliberate way where I had put them just so, because I'm a very particular man, um, 
I think I'd do an Andrea Yates. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I forgot. We're not allowed to make those jokes so our DSA friends can listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, well, not anymore. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would. Yeah, she was also <laughs> kidding with all three of her kids. <laughs> I would do a Casey Anthony. I would just do one of them. <laughs> She is your BFF. God, one of Anthony Jeselnik's best jokes. If Casey Anthony, if she's guilty of anything, it's killing her child. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Jeselnik has that same vibe as Amy Schumer. He didn't get as much hate, but I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be lame to like. But oh boy, he just brings me so Wait, much. really? He's so good. Yeah, I think people like him still. People still like him. Well, that's sexism because he should be as corny as Amy Schumer in people's minds. I don't think so. I think they have very different comedy styles. You know what, Adrian? I'll take any opportunity to try to defend Amy Schumer. I'll tell you what, it really is weird that that's who you're simping for. But you know, all the all the best to you, my man. <laughs> um, where were we? Oh, I I would you murder murdered three kids <laughs> in a bathtub. You drowned three of your kids no, in a no, bathtub. No, no, just two, eighteen and twenty. They lived a full life. How do you feel about her husband not really standing up for her in any way? Where like. As far as we know from this very short write-in, is his way of dealing with this is just being like, well, I didn't do it. I don't know. Wait, he wrote in? Or he just told her he didn't do it? No, no, no. She said when she asked all of them, like, did they do it? They are all like, we didn't do it. And then he wasn't like, well, I'm going to stand up for my woman who's being harassed by her kids who aren't going to call her mom. They keep calling her Deborah, And I'm like, guys, you can call her mom if you want, or mom too, if that helps. And they're just like, nope, we're going to call her Deborah." <laughs> all right, but mom B? Mamala? <laughs> oh my god, do you think that? That this is Kamala and the husband is Douglas Emhoff. <laughs> and she tried to throw us off the trail by compl- by saying it was two boys instead of her one female stepdaughter and the boy's stepson. Oh, do you think Kamala misgendered that her daughter because she is kind of like a they them style person? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, can we check the facts on this one? Jamie, look it up. Jamie, look it up, please. Okay, we're going to move forward, assuming this is Kamala Harris. Um, Under new management, this crazy mom. Okay, so what you're saying is that the equivalent of this would be, like, if everybody didn't teach, like, th- there was a new, like, manager at, like... Chipotle. Chipotle. Yeah. And nobody taught him, like, where the keys for clothing were, even though all the people who'd worked there for a while knew and stuff, like, just kind of mm-hmm. through the new manager. Uh, uh, why'd I say he? You see, that's sexism. I assumed the manager would be male. They didn't teach the new manager where the keys were and they were kind of like uh dismissive of their authority yeah i could see little hazing stuff like that coming up yeah under new management okay so if we're gonna use that parallel they've got to bring down the hard hand of the law hammer robbie's law they've got to start punishing she's got to start punishing her husband and both kids until it ends go i don't care who's doing it it better end so then the people, if, if any of them know who's doing it and don't want to rat on the other person, they're going to change their tune real quick. I mean, you could just put a camera that people don't know about in there. Yeah, I mean, maybe the, you said 2015, not everybody's that tech savvy. Nobody, Not everybody knows how to get like a little rechargeable battery and hidden camera set up. Uh, do you have any other answers? How I, I, my, my tip was to punish everybody until somebody comes forward. Or somebody My tip was, breaks and uh, throws one of the other people under the bus <laughs> in the house. 
My tip is 2014 is definitely like or late enough that you could just get a camera and just figure out who's doing it. Oh my god! And then kill them. If it was a Disney show, you could one. It would 100% end up being you sleepwalking, right? Like when Mr. Mosby was fucking up the uh, hotel lobby. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's probably true. What was he doing? He was moving all the furniture outside for some reason. I think it would be like that story from Japan where a guy found out that like someone was living in his cabinets for like five years. But just uh, somebody who really loved fine china and tea. Well, they like they had tea every night once they went to bed <laughs> and they, they would put it back. But they'd be like, I don't remember which way it goes. <laughs> the teapot goes like this and they just put it back down back or upside down. Lit, yeah, exactly. lit on the table. You ready for his answer? I am ready for the answer. Dear THS, I will put on my serious face. One, gaslighting is deeply wrong and not funny. Paul, all those jokes you made, you want to take them back? Yeah. I'm going to give you one chance to ask for all the jokes you made in that <laughs> to be deleted. Uh, Delete everything I said this whole episode. All right. I want this to be you doing the Bilber, the Bilber Monday morning podcast. Just you. Just Adrian. Two, do you actually have obsessive compulsive disorder or do you just like things to be organized? If the latter, better to just say so. I will now remove my serious face. I like the structure of this one. Let's go. Ha 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 This is hilarious. They are harmlessly trolling the shit out of me. Wait, 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 wait. So the first part was that it was problematic, but then they're just going into doing what we said. Shut the fuck up. You can't have it both ways. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, I feel like that's what we do sometimes. Look, here's how it is. Your husband's kids are adults. They're rarely around. And they think you're an asshole because you were helping your dad cheat on their mom while they were still living together as a family. That's not what she said. <laughs> but I like that that was out. Unless I may have misread your slightly hand-wavy timeline. What the fuck? <laughs> now she's being gaslit by the advice call. She's <laughs> just making assumptions like they just hate you because you're a big titty bimbo. Because you're just a bleach blonde whore who stole their dad at the Cineplex. You say in an outraged tone, even though their marriage had been over years before I even entered the picture. Like this is an inarguable fact as opposed to the number one thing adulterous dudes tell their girlfriends to explain while they're dogging around town. Was their marriage over years before? I don't know. And neither do you. Maybe it was. It could be public record. It could literally be that they were divorced like... (laughs) Why are they acting like it's like, (laughs) how could you possibly know? What I do know is that they were not divorced and they were living together in one house and he was cheating on his wife with you. While the teen boys were still teens living with both parents. That absolutely makes him an asshole. And in my opinion, makes you one as well. Though not the kind of asshole who has broken a sacred and eternal and legal set of vows to a person you have pledged to love and be faithful to. Wait, no, I don't get this, because if he was lying, she wouldn't have known at all. How does that make her an asshole in any way? That doesn't make sense. I don't agree with this answer at all in that point. Does this mean these adorable, petty young men should be messing with your brain? No, it does not. They should instead be signing their dad up for mailing lists and political contribution websites he would find aggravating and distasteful. If I were their mom, would I think it was funny and kind of touching? Oh. I very much would. Buy a $20 nanny cam and position it at your china cupboard. When you have evidence, be airy and amused at the villain in question and make your husband have the more firm talk. If it turns out that you actually have ghosts instead of benignly misguided moral avenger stepkids, 
Do not sign away the film rights to your story without professional representation, especially the foreign rights. Nicole. I didn't understand the uh, trolling your dad with mailing lists and political contribution websites. Uh, like signing your dad up for spam emails. Like as a prank to get back yeah, at Yeah, but like that felt like one of those things that you would advise people to do if you knew that their dad was conservative. I don't know, like that's a... Uh... Oh yeah, no. Th- this, uh, who, who wrote this advice column? It kind of sucks. Uh, uh, Slate's Karen Feeden. Oh yeah, bullshit. Um, I also didn't agree with the whole like act like pleasantly act like pleasantly surprised when you find out who it is when you confront them with your nanny cam. Adrian already went over this. Murder them. Yeah, I do like the idea that you're like you know what I was giving every person on Earth an equal chance, so I thought your chance of being the person was one in seven point seven billion. <laughs> And so, honestly, I'm surprised. <laughs> I did not think it was going to be you. That's like, that's way worse than lottery odds. Like, I did not think it was going to be you guys, the two people in my house. At the top of my list of people who potentially done it, um, Osama bin Laden, yeah. uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh-huh. uh, reanimated Hitler as a zombie. I-, I did three. Rules of three. I can't go anymore. Stop being funny. Gotta stop this There you bit. go. Um, any other thoughts about that one besides just like, the weird double answer and then also being weirdly uh assumptive in the way that she was deciding what the narrative was yeah there was a lot of assumptions and a lot of like telling the person who wrote in her own life story which is like we often say there isn't enough context to answer a question she just added it she was just like well let me just decide what she was and like, that's you, why you deserve this. husband stealing whore, you slept in their bed with him while she was in the other room. How fucking dare you? Of course they you would do this. You were fucking slobbing on his knob while he was calling her from a business trip being like, yeah, honey, I'm going to be home tomorrow. <laughs> like, <laughs> goddamn, how do you have, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> you were sleeping in their marital bed with him and he put down the picture of him and his family. And as he came, you put it back up just to be like, I want to remind you what you're losing. <laughs> That's what you did. <laughs> now, if you don't face that fucking head on, I can't give you advice because honestly, I don't even respect you. Fuck you. There aren't enough teapots in this universe to move to make you <laughs> understand how fucking low you are <laughs> to trap him in by saying that you do butt stuff even <laughs> though you don't really do butt stuff <laughs> yeah i thought that was a really weird part i mean obviously we're just like remembering what she wrote but it was something like that you lied to him you lied to the wife you lied to god <laughs> you lied to lord xenu <laughs> She's Mormon? <laughs> or wait, a Scientologist? Uh, yeah, pretty good. I, I like her style of answering questions actually a lot better than ours. <laughs> Honestly, it really did feel like comedy. First she started, it felt like us at first where she started off being, being like, frankly, I'm offended. But second off, ooh <laughs> Oh my god. But second off, if I drop this virtue signaling where I pretend I'm offended, let's get into it. This one is fun. Remember that sentence? Oh my god. Alright, are you ready for a uh, third seggy? Yes, Adrian. So, for our third seggy, we're doing under new management. So I thought 
what's the most common version of people being under under new management that we see today? And it's when brands get canceled. Thank you for answering that question. It was hard. It's when brands get canceled and they have to rebrand. So people know that they're not their old unwoke selves and that they're a new progressive company. I do like that that kind of like plays into the childish idea that like the Keebler elves are the ones who run the company. <laughs> like if you change the mascot, you're under new management. Wait, Adrian, are you trying to tell me Aunt Jemima doesn't make every last drop of syrup? You know she gets overworked. <laughs> I'm joking. Everybody knows she doesn't work the factory floor. She's a CEO. She's making boss she's making boss bitch decisions. Damn. Son. She's hiring, firing, and perspiring. Oof. We're probably at bars all of a sudden. So I have this list from on gig blog.ongig.com 20 plus brands that change their name to avoid racial bias so first on the list we got one of the most famous ones oh and also the concept of this third segment the concept of the third segment adrian is basically Mm -hmm. i want you to know if the change i want to know if you think the change was for the better and i want to know if you have any better ideas for what they should have changed to oh okay that is fun yeah i like that so first off already mentioned we got aunt jemima Aunt Jemima was one of the first brands to consider changing its name due to racial biases. The brand's name and image change will happen in the near future. A press release from PSR News shows a statement about Quaker Foods North America about the change. Is there a person behind it? Is there a story or is it just, uh, is that not included? Uh, So now they've changed to Pearl Milling Company. Uh, I'll look it up. I think that'd be interesting. So now it's just a picture of a building. It's kind of boring, but... I have to assume that, like, that woman's image was stolen and she never got compensated for it, right? Because that would be, like, step one, whether or not you keep using her uh, likeness. Oh, okay. The history of the branding. Oh, the earliest advertising was based upon a vaudeville parody and remained a caricature for many years. Ugh. Uh, Yeah, that's bad. So, ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I just showed Adrian a picture of the early version of Aunt Jemima, which, uh... Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I still think that the redesign was quite boring. Do you think they could have done it in a better way? Yeah, of course. Any ideas? Yeah, of course. Beat the U.S. government to getting Harriet Tubman on your stuff. <laughs> I've been hearing about that Tubman 20 for, like, seven years now. <laughs> if they get Harriet Tubman on their, uh, syrup bottle before the U.S. government gets it on the 20, I think that'd be dope. Did Trump cancel the Tubman 20, or, like, what, what happened with that? Did he? That feels like a very Trump thing. Okay, next up we have the Atlanta Braves. They changed their franchise uh, after receiving pressure to change its name out of respect for Native Americans. For now, the Braves' name will stand, but management is discussing the use of the tomahawk chop. Their response on racist mascots was that, quote, The team honors, supports, and values the Native American community. They will That will never change, and they have created an even stronger bond with various Native American tribes, both regionally and nationally, on matters related to the Braves and Native American culture. I feel like there's going to be a lot of these on this list. So, Braves aren't updating, but they are going to stop people from doing the Tomahawk Chopping games, it seems like. Which Paul is doing right now. Over what? And over again. No, I'm not. Adrian, can you stop, like, trying to cancel me by lying about what I'm doing on pod? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like um, their statement that, like, everyone on the team is, like, in support of this. I would love to get individual statements from every player <laughs> on the team. <laughs> yeah, I know some white men from Atlanta. I bet you they're not saying what the... <laughs> corporate hr is saying 
to uh, Native American tribes. <laughs> I think not changing the name. Was the name in particular or was it the uh, mascot, like the actual image? Because I remember the image being pretty bad. But is Braves in general like I a, think you might be thinking term? of the chief. The Braves only have a tomahawk as their image. So that's not like particularly. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I mean, offensive. Still, but yeah. the Brave, I think, was a, a warrior or a tribe. The Braves. Let me look that up. But what else do you think could be brave that they could pretend that their history had always been about, if not Native Americans? I think a really cool replacement, and I think this is like the fastest, um, like mechanical thing that we know animals can do. I don't know. Maybe I'm misconstruing that. Uh, a trap jaw ant, I think, would be a really cool mascot to honor the legacy of trap music in Atlanta, to honor the legacy of trap rapping, trap jaw. And then having an ant, which is a cute insect. I think that all works to kind of encapsulate a modern Atlanta. So I think a trap jaw ant where they have like these uh, kind of like mechanical jaws that like clasp down to uh, capture prey. Uh, and it's a really cool thing to watch in slow motion. But I don't know. I think as an entomologist, I'm going to have a real bias towards what I offer as my solutions. But I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, the trap museum is in Atlanta and I've always wanted to go. Okay, so... The history behind the Braves, apparently the name itself, it's mostly the that they've used Native American imagery in the past and are still using the uh, tomahawk. Something I just learned that is horribly offensive. I can't believe the world used to be like this. But from 1966 to 1985, their name was a parody of a Native American man, or their mascot was a parody of a Native American man called Chief Nakahoma. Like, knock a home run. Nakahoma. Wow. Do you have a picture of him? Uh, yeah, I, he just dressed like a like kind of shirtless Native American man at games. I see. Yeah, that's rough. So, uh, yanks from me, brother. Do you ever feel like, um, you know, Mark Wahlberg's uh, whole thing about, like, uh, he was supposed to be on a plane during 9-11? Yeah. Um, and then he was like, if I was on there, it wouldn't have gone down the same way? Yeah. Do you ever feel like if you were there for a Braves game when uh, Chief Nakahoma was in the thing, you'd be like, it wouldn't have gone down that way if I was there? To be honest with you, no. If I was in the stands, I don't think there's much I could have done about who was like, oh, the mascot on the say, field. Next, you're going to do the whole thing of like, oh, if you were in Nazi Germany, you would have been a Nazi or whatever. No, no. If I was in Nazi Germany, I would have 100% killed Hitler. But that's because I would have had time to plan. Things would have gone down differently if would, I was in Nazi Germany. It would have if gone I was down in Atlanta during the 70s, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm just there to watch a baseball game, get my mind Look, off. Look, if you kill a mascot, they're just going to hire somebody else to be the mascot. You kill Hitler, they don't have another Hitler, Adrian. It's different. Mm, that's true. I'm just going to go to jail. Okay, cheer cheese. Do you want to guess what this used to be? Because it's not a word I can say, and it's not a word I'm going to say. Oh, okay. I think I know what it is then. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Or any word was an S because I lisp. Uh, an Australian food company made the list of products with racist names. The company has changed the name of one of its cheesy snacks after years of complaints about racist food branding. So it's called Cheer Cheese. It used to be called that very offensive word uh, that's a shortened version of the animal raccoon. Ooh. Yeah. That word, cheese. Was there a reason for it, or? I, I would have to look into the history again. All right, well, this is a listicle, so let's just go through the listicle. But do we have idea? Cheer cheese is cute. Cheer, cheer cheese is fine. That's my take on that. Cheer cheese, the previous offensive name, just happened to be offensive. It wasn't named after the slur. 
Yeah, I don't want to give Australians the benefit of the doubt because they are incredibly racist, but I could see something like that being kind of a random thing. Oh, shit. But other people have said, actually, if you look back, they did use that word as a slur for indigenous. So they tried to use that as an out, and it turned out. There you go. <laughs> you were wrong go. for giving them the benefit of the doubt. Apparently, it was something they tried to get away with, too, because they thought people would. And people were like, no, no, no. That word has been used as a slur here. I have had two separate black people tell me that Australia is the most racist place they've gone to. Uh, some people, so it's a debate. Some people claim that it was named after Edward Coon, the person who revolutionized the speeding process of making cheese. Nothing was named after that guy. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's jump into the next. <laughs> the makers of cream of wheat, B&G's food. Okay, well, this is obviously going to be racially insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> are reevaluating their logo after growing concerns about racial stereotyping. The company issued a statement saying, we understand there are concerns regarding the che- regarding the chef image, and we are committed to evaluating our packaging, and we'll proactively take steps to ensure that we and our brands do not inadvertently contribute to systematic racism. B&G Foods unequivocally stands against prejudice and injustice of any kind. I don't recognize this one. What's the, uh, what's the chef? Oh, once you see it, you'll know. You've seen this. I haven't. I've never seen a cream of wheat package before. I have to say, what's racially insensitive about it is the same thing that's, like, insensitive about Aunt Jemima. It's, like, the idea that the person serving it to you is subtly subtly hearkening back to some sort of, like, slavery. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I agree with that. Like, I mean, it is just a black person. It's not, like, to me, it doesn't look particularly, like, uh, minstrelly in its presentation, but... Probably it, it has a really horrible history, and on top of that, it's hearkening back. Here's my suggestion. Something. I think it'd be cool if you made it really clear that, like, the black person serving you was, like, a pretty high up in the company. Like, if he was giving <laughs> you the cream of wheat while also, like, in a BMW, and he was like, oh, by the way, I got, like, I one of the workers is whatever, so I gotta give you this cream of wheat, and I'm in my BMW uh, on my way home. The executive at a food company, so he has, like, a graph with the lines going up, and he's like, put more sugar in it! Kids are addicted! Or, like, it's, like, a guy who's, like, and there's, like, a little speech bubble on the package that says, like, by the way, I'm doing an undercover boss. I'm actually the CEO. I make, like, uh, 300000 a year. <laughs> You're right. That would be a good solution. I-, I think liberals would be okay with that. But bringing it back home for us. Back in good old South Carolina, Geechee Boy Mill is thinking about changing the name of their brand name for their grits, stating Geechee is a dialect spoken mainly by the descendants of African-American slaves who settled on the Okajeechee River in Georgia. Then why is Geechee Gotti called Geechee Gotti as a battle rapper? He's famously a West Coast dude from LA. That's what I've always said. He should change his name too. I mean, he's champion of the year, three years running, two years running or something, but like... It's also also one of the companies that's like, yeah, we're thinking about it. We're thinking about it. That's what that was one of my favorite things about when we thought about bringing in the uh, Trader Joe's is being asked to replace their like racially insensitive names for their racial products. And Trader Joe's literally came out immediately. It was like, nah, we're good. <laughs> they like they weren't even like doing like, we'll, we'll consider it. We're mulling this over. They were like, nah, we're good. People like them. They're whimsical. Honestly, I'm offended that they didn't come up with a whims- whimsical one for Arabs when they came out with some of their uh, more recent Arab dishes. What is Joe in Arabic? I don't know, but they could have come up with something. Not all of them are just which, like yeah, because Trader Mings is not what the equivalent would be for Joe. Joe yeah, they could have come up with like Samir, 
uh, Hakim. Samer is my cousin. My cousin Wissam. He has a good name for Wissams. Do you think they could fit on the packaging trader? Adrian, you actually brought up a real uh, a real insecurity for me. Well, actually, it's not because as a man, it's zalgating it, as we call it in Lebanon. It's not meant to be something that men can do. It's like a very female sort of uh, thing to do. That's like a thing where they do gatekeeping in uh, in Lebanon, where they're like, if you're doing this, uh, you're basically dating a girlfriend, not a boyfriend. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, there's guys I know in my family who are good at it, and their whole bit, like, it's a funny bit they do is they'll like do it, but they'll have one of our female cousins like look like they're doing it loudly Before while the they audience, hide. Paul just did a floppy wrist. So, <laughs> hey, Jackie, let me finish a goddamn sentence. <laughs> That is a bit some of my family members do, like the men who they'll be good at it, but they'll have like a female person in our family pretend to be doing it loudly and they'll hide their mouth and do it behind her. He's just doing a puppet thing. They're just doing a death on him. <laughs> the whole bit is like, I'm embarrassed to do it, but I like doing it. Oh, I didn't know that. That is interesting information. Should we keep in my racist joke for you to be able to give that information to the people? <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm really bad at it, which embarrasses me, even though I'm not supposed to be good at it. But I kind of wish I was. It's kind of fun sounding. I wish I could yeah, do that's it. that's true. I get that. Lando Lakes. They famously removed their image of a Native American woman from their dairy product. What should they have replaced that with instead of just an image of a lake? Couldn't they put something else there? Yeah, that looks like the straight removal is a little bit lame. I think they should have been like a. They should have put like a blonde bimbo with bing bazoongas on there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any opinions on that one? Can I say that really quick, Paul? I don't. Yeah. I don't, don't want to be like. Um, you know, like, you know, controversial here, but why was there a need to use black people to sell syrup? I have met my brother's hus- ex-husband from Vermont. He gave me the best syrup I've ever had. It is from Vermont. Not a single black person was involved in producing that syrup. <laughs> like, white people, you know, you can read the jokes about like, oh, they're not good at sports, but they got hockey. White people, if there's a food that they're doing good, it is syrup. Why are we appropriating black culture to sell syrup when it's so obviously like white people are doing it the best? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I sort of do. <laughs> you never had that like bourbon aged barrel grade A maple syrup, tight ass gorilla <laughs> grip coochie syrup from vermont bruh i have one time but it was like this it was uh it was good but then they had these uh while i was in vermont um they had these little maple syrup candies and they were so nasty it really turned me off from like good maple syrup because i was like don't turn it into candy don't turn it into little gum they like drops. Them a little too much there yeah yeah like i literally didn't want maple syrup for a while after having one of those I'm not going to lie, brother. I can't think of the last time I had maple syrup. And it was to the point where people I was with on that trip grabbed a handful of the candies to take back and hand out as jokes. Like, literally just to be like, oh, you should try this. It's good. And then watch their facial expression as they had one. And we're like, what the fuck? All right, Adrian. And finally, we have Chiquita Banana. A mascot for a Chiquita Banana. Chiquita. My favorite part of this, they're not canceling them for literally being fascists. They're canceling them for a female mascot. And Chiquita has not announced plans to change the food mascot. 
Whether portrayed as a banana woman in the original logo or a human woman in the modern logo, Chiquita Banana presents sexualized and exoticized visions of Latin American women and perpetuates stereotypical images of Latin American of Latin America and people who live there. I forgot that this was a mascot thing and not just a general United Fruit Co. thing. I, I was like, I guess this is a good way to end this because we've been talking about offensive stuff and. It's exactly why people sometimes feel exhausted with uh, identity politics, sort of offensiveness-based stuff. The fact that the big problem with Chiquita Banana is that they have a female mascot instead of the fact that they literally ran coups and were basically an extension of, like, American imperialism for years all through Latin America is incredible. There's a much bigger problems going on in that country than their identity. Uh, I it doesn't matter that much to me if uh, United Fruit Co. changed their logo, uh, but don't do anything about the other things they've done. But um, who knows? I don't know the history of all these other logos. Hey, they're under new management. They're not United Fruit Co. anymore, Adrian. They're Chiquita Bananas. Chiquita Bananas. I mean, that that does kind of sound kind of sexy. I'm not going to lie. That sounds fun. They got a banana lady, man. They they didn't overthrow any presidents in Guatemala. Get over that, man. That was so long ago. That's true. You know what? They're pretty cool. Honestly, I think the banana lady, kind of hot. Kind of hot, though. That's my big fact. That banana lady. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) That banana lady, though, she can kind of get it. I was like, she can get this banana. You know what I mean? No cap. (laughs) I was like, hey, no cap. She can get this banana dick. She go ape shit when she hit it. All right, Adrian, it's been a really fun one. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Wait, you're not going to do a big fact? That was my big fact. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. 